Good morning, everyone. Hope you did better than I did. I was telling Tasha a while ago I lost five pounds last month and gained ten this month. That arithmetic just doesn't work out the way it's supposed to, does it? Uh, if you have Facebook and you haven't been on my page in the last day, be sure and do that. Five of my six grandchildren are pictured in one, one picture. And uh, the sixth one was kind of busy with their two-week-old or three-week-old, whatever he is now. So uh, anyway, I hope you all had a great, great time. We're going to wrap up Thanksgiving today and uh, kind of give it the impetus to carry on. Because with Jesus, every day ought to be Thanksgiving. We've got something to be thankful for. And that needs to shine wherever you are. So, you ready to get started? Father, we thank you for blessing your word this morning and delivering it by your spirit to us for a purpose. A purpose in our lives and a purpose for the lives of the people that we meet and are around. May you get the glory and thank you for giving us the fun. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, last week we started part one of how near is the end. And I said that today we would talk about Thanksgiving, kind of wrap that up, put uh, how near is the end on hold until next week. We'll pick up with part two next week. So that's what we uh, have in mind. So when you saddle up, put on your seatbelt too. Don't let that horse kick you off. And we'll stay right on line with what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. So today's message is, have you heard what you said? Have you heard what you said? A message about Thanksgiving. Okay. You may think the following is a very strange way to start a Thanksgiving message. Thank you, Josh. And it probably is. So just hang in there, even though uh, this is not our usual format for those of us that have been around for a while uh, in, in this, in tomorrow, I'm not calling anybody older. Uh, I stopped that about 25 years ago. And I believe you'll agree at the end of this that uh, God has given you something special today. It, it'll be rather unique but there'll be a concentrated emphasis on one verse of the Bible. And if you're a regular here, you know that that's extremely unusual. But that's what we're going to zero in on today because I believe that that particular word has a word for us and something to broaden our perspective and what we see and what we do in our lives. And something that's just been kind of, you know, like one-tenth of one percent of the way there in most of our minds. So anyway... Here we go. Uh, some of you know I, I watch uh, Dr. Frank Turk quite a bit. He's an apologist, and I like to keep my apologetic side of me um, sharp. And uh, he had a lady on last, well, a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, Dr. Carmen Imes. And she spent five years doing her doctoral dissertation on this verse. And it's kind of strange that, you know, you would do a whole doctoral dissertation on one verse. She also wrote a book on it, 
came out a couple of years ago, and she's got another one in the process. And they're not, the second book is not necessarily just on that one verse, but it's kind of wrapped around it a little bit. And in the same area, she's uh, an Old Testament person. And um, it's interesting to see how you can read something, you can know it, you can have it on the plaque at your home, <laughs> like I do. <laughs> and you just kind of, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Okay, that's just, thank you, Jesus, that we're not having to read that every day, but that we carry it in our heart so we don't have to look at the Ten Commandments because Jesus gave us a higher calling <clears throat> and maybe a little more difficult one. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, one of the Ten Commandments, the third one. You shall not take the Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And I would say that pretty much most of us have just read that before and think, well, I'm not supposed to cuss with the name of God in the sentence or something similar. Uh, we're not going to, you know, abuse the name of God. Well, what does that really mean? How can we key in on that? Even uh, the... Uh, the New, Inter uh, New International Version says it a little differently. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now, that kind of brings in a little different perspective on it, a uh, little broader base. It's not just uh, dropping explicatives. It's more than that. And this verse starts to tap into that. So uh, she says that in the translation that she thinks is the best, that you shall not bear the name of the Lord in vain. And the word bear there means carry. You're not carry the name of the Lord in vain. Now, in vain can mean negative. It can mean kind of a, a curse. It can mean no power, no reason, no excuse. It's like putting your car in neutral. Okay? It can cover all of those different aspects. And I think a lot of us need to sharpen up our skills a little bit because in the world, even on media today, uh, you have words with asterisks, and sometimes they don't use asterisks. And they use all kinds of language that is not wholesome, not lifting up, not building, not encouraging, and making a few people look like they're rather stupid. Because it's been said a long time ago that people who have to use all those swear words just don't have much of a vocabulary, and they just insert it wherever they want to. But we're talking about more than that this morning, a lot more. The uh, basic Bible in English says, you are not to make use of the name of the Lord your God for an evil purpose. Whoever takes the Lord's name on his lips for an evil purpose will be judged a sinner by the Lord. And here it brings into the fact that, well, God said, or God's going to get you. Well, if you do that, you know, God has something in store for you. 
we need to use the name of God, Yahweh, Lord, whatever, in a way that's accurate. Now, as a, a minister of the gospel, which all of us are, I try to use the name of the Lord appropriately, positively, in something that will bring him, as we sang in this song, glorify thy name. Glorify thy name. Did you get that one? Glorify, glorify your name, Lord, through me, through, through me, through this vessel, through this ability to communicate who you are, what you are, what, the, the things that you love, the things that you don't love, and to be uh, a light to the world and be a salt to the world and not a suitcase to the world, to be drug along. Oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to... That's, no, that's, we don't live that way anymore. We live by the Spirit of God who is propelling us by His grace into the next eons of time. We're living by the, uh, the Lord who loves us and cares for us and said, I will walk in you, I will talk in you, I will be your God and you will be my people. We have a connection to think like Adam and Eve before the fall rather than all the stuff after the fall. That's not where we live. There, yes, there's all kinds of things around us that affect us because of the fall. But where, where do we think? Where do we ponder? Where do we meditate? You want to meditate on the world today? Honey, you want to put all that garbage in your head? Or you want to meditate on the Word of God that brings hope and brings peace and brings patience and brings love. Not love like the world talks. Oh, I sure do love that flower. Sure do love that frog or whatever it is. No, we want to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with our whole being. Whatever you're doing, do in the name of the Lord. Oh, that just cut out a few things, didn't it? It's okay. If it just did, it needed to be cut out. So we are image bearers. Every, every human is an image bearer of God because we're created in the image of God. Now, he's not physical like we are, but he made us to be image bearers Bearers, and that's the reason he says you don't have an image, don't have an image of God. Why? Because we're the images of God. Each one of us, all the pretty ones, and Pastor Kelly, even, you know. <laughs> Thank you for taking that abuse. We are image bearers. That means we're image carriers. We carry the image of God wherever we go. Now, identification is with Christianity, with Jesus Christ, so that we are the salt, we are the light, we are the ones who spread the gospel, we are the ministers of reconciliation, we are the ones that's active in this world to make an effect on it. These are those who turned the world upside down. Do you want to have that on your gravestone? It's not good for anything else. Might as well put that on there. The whole idea here is let's give God the preeminence rather than just 
the casual attitude that, well, yes, I'm saved. I praise God for that. I'm going to heaven, and I try to be a good person. We let him live through us. And that means we lay our lives down. When it says you lay your life down, it's talking about your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion, the Greek word is suke. You lay down the things that you want to do and take up the things that he wants you to do. And God is not some kind of an ogre that you can't have fun with God, that you can't have peace and joy and love and all the things that really matter with God. That you can't dance, that you can dance before the Lord and enjoy that if that's what you do in your spare time. Or you can suck the carpet. You can uh, go on a fast. You can do whatever, but do it until the name of Jesus is exalted. We have so many opportunities, so many opportunities to share the truth. And a brother Chris got that cross right there. You wear that cross because you put it on every morning and it reminds you who you're putting it on for. And then you wear it as an identity, a calling card. I knew a pastor one time had one about that big. I said, well, that's a big cross. He says, well, make no mistake about it. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into a little broader explanation today on Exodus 27. Uh, here's another. This is the Young's literal translation. Thou dost not take up the name of Jehovah thy God for a vain thing. For Jehovah acquits not him who takes up his name for a vain thing. Here again, ponder the, the, the name vain or the word vain. Ponder what you're using his name for. Some people just want to put some kind of something on some, excuse me, somebody. Like, well, God's going to get you. Or, well, God told me. Did he? Maybe you got an impression. Okay. I understand that. I've said it too. But we need to be careful on what we're saying with the name of God involved in it. Because we are using his name as a confirmation to what we're saying. And all too often people try to use that to manipulate somebody that you've got to do what they want you to do. So you put the name of God in the sentence so you're stuck with that. Because if God said it, then you've got to do it. Well, if God said it, we ought to do it. But did God say, and that's the time I know that Satan used that, but we need to use it some too. <laughs> did God say? <laughs> um, also, uh, if you're reading uh, your Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy, it's chapter 5, verse 11. <laughs> it's the same word. I want to go a little further. Uh, I'm intentionally going to use some references in this t talk today about noted sources than more than what we normally do. Uh, why? Because it helps us to get out of our 21st century environment. Remember, this was written in the time of Moses, not, not the time of Jesus. This is written way before Jesus came to the earth, okay? So it was written uh, not quite, but close to 4,000 years ago, about 3,600 years ago. And people probably had a little different cultural background than what 
we have today, <laughs> okay? Things were a little different. Um, actually, their cell phones were still the hand, they had to crank them, you know, make a phone call. So we just want to get into a little bit of this. Uh, as a note from the Jewish study Bible for Leviticus 19.12, which is a verse very similar to Exodus 27, we find that theft naturally leads to deceit. Talking about stealing, okay. It leads to deceit, denial, cover up. These are likely to be aggravated by fake oath, thus profaning the sacred name of God. So God becomes a party to what began as a purely civil matter. In other words, if you get in a, in a court and you're charged with robbing a bank, you know, how many people say something like, well, God told me to. There's people that kill people and say, God told me to. That's not the God I know. Okay? And that person's deceived, probably has a few demons they need to get rid of, etc. But why bring the name of God into your sin? Now, if you said, the Lord's forgiven me for the things that I did, you're, you're fine. We're not going to split hairs on this. But we just want to make sure that we're recognizing God to other people the way that he needs to be recognized. And it starts with us. Do I recognize God the way I need to recognize God? Do I give him the glory that I need to give him? Here it comes. Do I give him the thanksgiving that I need to give him? There's another note from the Jewish study Bible, and this one is from Exodus 27, 20 verse 7. The third commandment, swear falsely by the name of the Lord. Assertions in court and public affairs, and even in ordinary conversation, often backed up with conditional self-curses that would take effect if the swearer's assertion were false or his promise unfulfilled. God told me that there's going to be a four-inch rain tomorrow. And then when you confront them where well, there's no rain tomorrow, they say, well, that must have been for another country. I just didn't know that. There's a 88 reasons in 1988 when Jesus is coming back this year. Oops. There's 89 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1989. You've heard those things before. Why profane the name of God in that? And that's what we're doing to people. And then we wonder how come they don't want to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not because of Jesus. It's because of us. Typical formulations were, by the life of the Lord, I will, or I will not, or, or may, may the Lord do such and such to me if I did or if I didn't. You know, how many times have you heard somebody say, you know, I just told the Lord that if that wasn't what he wanted me to do, then just make me stop. Can I start throwing water at you? Still cold. Wake a thou up. How many times have you heard something like that? How many times have you done it? Well, you know, God 
will do this or God will do that. Now, are we talking about Scripture? Or are we talking about your pizza drink? There is a difference, you know. You still with me? Still love me? I got a little weaker, amen, on that one. The swearer provided his sincerity by invoking punishment from God who cannot be deceived or evaded. A false oath would show contempt for God by implying that the swearer does not fear his punishment. Remember that the Lord will not let that go unpunished. He will not clear or leave it unpunished. That's a pretty strong statement. The names of all these false gods are invoked all kinds of ways. Back in the, uh, I don't believe that's right. Thank you, Jesus. It's started saying the old times. How about 2022? There's false religions, and they a lot of times use some kind of an image of a creature, meaning a god of some kind, or maybe their leader. I'm not going to talk about Joseph Smith this morning, so get that out of your mind. Somebody that they have a picture of. You know, there's one particular denomination that says, we're not going to be like the Catholics use a statuary. That's, that's against the Bible. So they just use these huge icons, which are pictures. They're not pictures. They're, they're made uh, hand tapestry or whatever, and they put, them, put a frame around it, put them on the walls. Now, we're the image of God. Now, that gives you a little bit more of an opportunity or a reason to be who you are. You're an image of God. You bear the image of God. Your identity is Jesus Christ. I am his. And if we're not wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with Jesus, we need to be. He lives in us. And we live in him. That's what the Bible says. Christ in us, the hope of glory. People just don't have hope in this life today unless they know the hope person. He is our hope. Hope is the anchor of our soul. Without hope in your life, your soul goes bananas, rotten bananas. I'm just being truthful this morning. I'm saying this in love. That's glued you on TV or internet or whatever you are out there. See, this is real, and this is good. This is not like getting on your case. This is like raising you to a higher level. That's the purpose, encouraging you to be that light bearer, that God has chosen you as a peculiar people, a holy priesthood. You're holy and acceptable to him. You have been created, molded, prepared for a purpose in life. And your purpose is to glorify Him. However that He shows you to do that. Whatever He puts in your heart. That's where your completeness comes from. That's where your satisfaction comes from. That's the reason Paul could say uh, in a literal, loose 
Texas translation. We'll blame it on Texas. That I have been wealthy and I have been broke, dirt, poor. But I am content in all of those ways. In other words, nobody's going to steal the glory of God by looking at me. Nobody's going to take away the fact that I love Jesus. Make no doubt about it. That's what he made me for. That's what he put me on this earth for, is to glorify him. And that's the joy of my life, is to glorify him. I went to a couple last night in the restaurant I ate at. And a young couple with a young man. And I always like to give kids a little bit of money and kind of get their attention. And I did that. I got a real quick amen out of that young guy. And his parents were just so grateful. Merry Christmas! <laughs> I said, Merry Christmas to you! But you know, those are, those are little times, little opportunities, just to put a seed in there, or get out the, fire, or the hose and water them a little bit, but God will give the increase. And that's what things in life are all about, is an opportunity for Jesus to kind of open that door just a little bit wider to their heart. How wide is the door to your heart opened? Okay? How do we use his name? Hallelujah. Hopefully what you're seeing is a broadening of the perspective of Exodus 20, verse 7. Most of all of us knew this verse before. Maybe we've read it a hundred times or whatever. Well, since it's Old Testament, that means I ain't got to do it no more, right, Pastor? Actually wrong. I can't find anything in the New Testament that says only do part of what the Old Testament says. It says that the Old Testament has been fulfilled. It says that it is finished. It says that we live under a better covenant. Well, what's a better covenant? Being more salt and light to people. Better promises in our new covenant. A covenant that can't be broken unless we want to break it because Jesus is taking the covenant for us as our representative and there's only one mediator between man and God, Jesus Christ. And it's, that covenant's not based upon my works. It's by grace. It was free. It was no charge. Except everything I got, I just gave it to Jesus. Don't want to hold anything back. Don't want to go hide that $10 bill under some place and not give it when we're supposed to. Just because it's the last one we got. The Life Application Bible, I thought, had a really good note, too. It says, God's name is personal because it carries his personal identity. You know, it's kind of like uh, your grandparents. How many grandparents get called by, you know, their proper, appropriate name? It's always Papa or Poppy or, or Mima or Nana or something. Well, that's their name. It doesn't say that on their birth certificate. They didn't go to court and get it changed. But when that grandkid calls them whatever, and my, my grandkids joke with me a lot. I don't know why. But, uh, you know, one of them was calling me grandpappy the other day. And it's just a fun deal. But right then and there, I'm grandpappy. Okay? And uh, my three-year-old, almost, great-granddaughter is uh, working on a few words. <laughs> for me. Uh, and then you put grandkids together and they come up with all kinds of names. 
because uh, they know that I'm going to tease them and joke with them and have some fun and do whatever. And, uh, but that's my name to them that day. Then, and then a lot of you, like, you know, my granddad was Paul. That's a real difficult name to say. You know, well, you say that when you're, what, three days old, Paul? <laughs> but he was Paul, all the grandkids. Every grandkid called him Paul. Maurice Leon Bethay was his name. None of the grandkids called him that. Most of them didn't even know what his name was because everything he signed was ML. That was Paul. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Hey, Paul, what are we doing? Hey, Paul, let's go fishing. That was his name. Well, when we use Yahweh or Jehovah or Jesus Christ or God, capital G, God, we're using his name. How about Daddy or Father? I talk about my father. I can talk about my earthly father. But usually, most of the time now, since my earthly father's in heaven, I call my father Godfather. Not Godfather. <laughs> Life Application Bible says it's his personal identity. Using it frivolously or in a curse. Oh my! How many people say that? Did you look in the mirror this morning? Oh my. It's so common today that we may fail to realize how serious it is because we hear it and see it everywhere. The way we use God's name conveys how we really feel about Him. We should respect His name and use it appropriately, speaking it in a praise or worship rather than a curse. Or jest. Jesus H. Christ. Come on. That's blasphemy. Well, you're sure awful legalistic today. Trying to raise us to the next level. We should not take lightly the abuse or curse of his name. Do you see how much fuller the meaning of the Lord, saying the Lord our God is, or Yahweh, or Holy Spirit? There's a new song out, I call him by a thousand names. Uh, Maybe you've heard it. Well, I want to do this right before closing. Um, As most of you know, one of my favorite people to, um, to share what he thought, believed, and said, he wrote a lot, is John Wesley. And he's not with us today, okay? That's a little joke. He lived, you know, about 400 years ago, so. But he's still alive today. Okay. (laughs) Am I doing something wrong? (laughs) Okay. The third commandment is concerning the manner of our worship. This is out of Wesley's notes on the Bible. Where we have a strict prohibition, prohibition, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Supposing that having taken Jehovah for their God, so he's talking to Christians, 
that would make mention of his name. This command gives a caution not to mention it in vain and is as still as needful as ever. We take God's name in vain first, and he gives us five points here. First, by hypocrisy, making profession of God's name but not living up to that profession. In other words, I'm a Christian. You got anything we can smoke? Oh, you don't believe that the Most High is the Most High? You want to get on a false high? Ain't no high like the Most High, praise God. Come on, let's get filled with the Spirit and singing hymns and songs and spiritual sing, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord like it says in Ephesians 5. Love it. Secondly, by covenant breaking. If we make promises to God and perform not to the Lord our vows, we take his name in vain. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I've repented of that. Have you? Have you? Okay. We're going to give you a chance in just a minute if you haven't. Thirdly, by rash swearing, which some think is chiefly intended in the letter of the commandment. In other words, some people think that's all there is in that commandment. That's just don't, don't cuss using God's name. There's so much more than that. We bear or carry the image of God. Fourthly, by false swearing, which some think is chiefly intended in the letter of the commandment. Fifthly, by using the name of God lightly and carelessly. The profanation of the form of devotion is forbidden as well as the profanation of the forms of swearing, as also the profanation of any of these things whereby God makes himself known. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless. Magistrates that punish other offenses may not think themselves concerned to take notice of this, but God, who is, a, is jealous for his honor, will not connive at it. The sinner may perhaps hold himself guiltless, and think there's no harm in it. To obviate which suggestion, the threatening is thus expressed, God will not hold him guiltless. But more is implied that God will himself be the avenger of those that take his name in vain, and they will find it a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. See, Wesley's too strong for most of us today. Amen. Yeah. But I tell you what, you read John Wesley, if you're not saved, you're going to get saved. Either that or you're going to have to take the book way far from you. Because it's plain truth, it's biblical truth, and it works. It's people like that that lead other people to the Lord. See, Paul said, when I saw that sin was sin, that's what it's all about. You can't blame a sinner for sinning. Sinners sin. Christians are supposed to not sin nearly as much. And we have a way to push the delete button if we're serious about it. And it will be deleted. So when we use the name of God, let's use it righteously. This use it to build people. This use it to share the biblical truths, to share the word of God, to be able to give him a witness in this world around us today. Remember uh, Acts 1.8, 
tells us that you will be given the gift which gives you the power, the power to be a witness. The ability to be a witness. The grace to be a witness. What's a witness? One who bears witness of the truth. It's also in the Greek, the word martyr. That doesn't... Going on the cross or dying physically for Jesus is not the... You know, it's okay if you get in that situation, but what I'm trying to say, it doesn't help anybody. Unless it is actually a real thing that you, you know, get your head cut off. Oh, we just kind of go, oh, yeah, that's those pagan people. Yeah, that's right. Sure will. How about just have a little bit of that every day in your life from somebody? In other words, you can die at a hundred and whatever years. You can die physically today if somebody cut your head off. Or you can die in your soul little by little. little poison every day put in that destroys your... Because that's the, that's the challenge that the devil has of trying to get you before you go out of here. To get you to deconstruct Christianity and come up with a false gospel that is no gospel at all. That's what his purpose is, the destroyer. So where does all of this go? How does this relate to Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah well, uh, you know. Well, the more that we reverence God, the more we will think of God. Okay? The more we think of God, the more we will thank God. The more we thank God, the more we will thank God. It's going to have a bunch of little thank babies. When I ponder my, my words, my thoughts, my day, my whatever, on God, I must give thanksgiving because all creation shouts for his glory. And all creation is groaning with birth pains to be set free. I thank my God for thanksgiving. I don't thank the turkeys. I do think that we have a free country. I think we still are free, right? A free country. I thank God for those things. But my thanksgiving is with God. If I thank you for doing something, I'm thanking the God in you because you're bearing his image, you're carrying his image, and you're doing something that is fruitful or life-giving or just an assistance serving somebody, helping people. We were able to give some Thanksgiving baskets to some people, and I thank God for that. Tomorrow needs to be recognized as a body of people that thank God. And from the out of thanking God and giving Him thanksgiving, then everything else in our life will have a better opportunity to, to fall together in place to bring glory to God. Now, 
I'm ready to see 200 people in here. But if I never see more than 10 or 15 or 50, you know what? I am content because I am content that God has sent those people in here. And it's for his glory that he sent them in here. And we're going to love on them. We're going to love on you. And we'll bring a little correction every now and then. It's not going to hurt too badly. And it's going to really feel good in the long run. I'm so glad that one man out of the television set stuck his finger right in my nose, came out of the TV set about 10 feet, I think, and told me what was wrong in my life. Sinner! Uh, guilty! What are you going to do about it? Hmm. See, that's the joy that we get with Jesus. He's already paid the price for my mistakes, my my. Junk. We'll just leave it at that. You can talk about your junk. And it gives me the opportunity to not only be free, but to be able to speak the truth and love to people and to give them the opportunity to know the same Lord, Savior that I know, the one that will change your life just like he changed mine, the one that will change your next-door neighbor's life just like he's changed yours. The opportunity to be able to share life, Zoe in the Greek, the God kind of life with people before they leave this planet. We got a, we got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of people that don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people that are deceived. There's a lot of people that are sinners and they know it. They just don't want to admit it. Pray that the Lord would open the eyes of their understanding. Pray that the Lord send uh, labors into the harvest field. Pray the Lord that he may give you something to be able to share with them to keep them from going into the pit. Because it's true. I'll tell you right now, the first message I'm going to preach in January is on hell. Yep. Because we need to keep that message alive. And every time we look at somebody, we need to think, are they on the road to heaven or are they on the road to the pit? The whole idea is not to threaten anybody, but it's to scare the hell out of them. Okay? This is the joy we get. Well, I don't want to tell anybody that. Aren't you glad somebody told you? Doing to others? As you would have them doing to you. Pretty good advice. It's in red letters. You see, we have an opportunity, 2022. We have an opportunity amidst all the turmoil that's out there and everything else and all the disagreements and the arguments and the fighting and the political jump to be different. To stand up in the name of Jesus. To be able to stand in his ability to be that light on a shining hill. That's what we're placed here for. That's what our purpose is to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And so many people today in America don't understand that. Well, that's because they haven't been told it. I like what Tarek says. He says a lot of people 
are being talked out of Christianity today, today because they've never been talked into it, meaning that the reason for the Bible and the things that the Bible says need to be shared with people so that they have understanding. Above all things, good understanding, Proverbs says. So we need to share that. There are churches today that have great people and they're great intentions, but they're just telling you how to be happy, telling you how to be good, telling you how to do those kinds of things. We need the gospel, not enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstrations of the Spirit and power. And the best thing that I know of a demonstration of the Spirit of God is when they get born again and ask Jesus to come into their heart, confess their sins, and turn their life over to Him. That's the greatest sign that there is. That's the difference between heaven and hell. That's the difference when somebody says, no, I'm not going to let you go there. I want to talk to you first. That's what it's all about. And when we get that in our understanding, we'll be doing that and we will be a living gospel to those people that we see. I love it so much when I read about people like Smith Wigglesworth and he's the old Englishman that was on the train. He gets on the train one day and there's a guy already sitting in the, you know, they had those compartments where six or eight people uh, and then the halls down the side or whatever you call it, the, they open the door and there's six, eight people in there, four going this way, four going that way, whatever. He sits down, and there's a man in there, and he goes, my gosh, you bring me under conviction, sir. Just by his presence. Why? Because he's been with God. Just what happened to Moses when he came off Sinai? He was going like a, not an incandescent light bulb, but like a, a real... LED, superpowered, whatever you, laser light. God will do that to our hearts. Praise God. We're going to uh, celebrate with communion today. And uh, there's a couple of things I kind of want to set up for you. Uh, first of all, we're going to do a song. It's called Communion. And it's a simple song. And I just want to ask you that during this song, uh, the, the worship group's not going to come up. We're just going to ask the Lord, Lord, what is there you need to show me about me? And anything that he brings to you, ask for forgiveness. And he will forgive you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins and it cleanses of all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. Okay, so whatever it is, get it out of your life, okay, and thank him for that. And so we're going to do that, and then, then we'll take a little bit further um, in just a minute, okay? Our ushers will be passing out the communion elements. If you would like to take communion, this is open to anybody who believes Jesus Christ for the Lord and Savior, whether you're a regular person here or not, whether you're a regular attender here or not. That's sound regular person. That sounds a little wrong. <laughs> and um, if you want to take it with somebody else, a group or one or two or three of you, whatever, that's fine. If not, I will be up here and I invite you to come forward and uh, we'll take communion together. Um, most of you are familiar with scripture. 
uh, in the Last Supper, Jesus presented to his disciples the blood and the bread. And he said that the bread was broken for as a type or picture, if you would, to represent his body that is broken for us. So when we take the bread, that's what it actually is. It's a symbol of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. The grape juice, the fruit of the vine, is the shedding of his blood. And it represents the blood that he shed for you and me so that we would have remission of sins. And he said, do this as often as you would in remembrance of me. So what we're doing is we're giving remembrance to the saving faith that Jesus Christ gave us to be able to accept his free gift of eternal life. By grace we're saved, not of works, lest any man should boast, but by free gift of God. That he bore all the payments for our sins, transgressions, iniquities, shortcomings. He bore it all at the cross 2,000 years ago for our benefit because God so loved us that he gave his son the ultimate gift, the ultimate thing. He gave it all. He didn't hold anything back. And we have an opportunity to give ourselves all to him. So just please uh, do this. Uh, we will, Father, we ask you to bless the bread, to bless the, the grape juice as signs, as pictures, as symbols of what Jesus did on the cross. Father, we thank you that you sent your only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have life everlasting. We thank you, Jesus, that you did the things that we couldn't do. Your body was perfect. Your blood was perfect. You did that. You took the punishment for the sin of the world on the cross. Your body was placed in the tomb for three days and nights. And yet you were raised from the dead and ever lives to make intercession for us at the right hand of God the Father. Your death and your resurrection are everything to Christianity. So we thank you and praise you, Jesus. And as we are in this time of Advent, talking about your second coming, we celebrate to know that whether that be days ahead, years ahead, centuries ahead, that we know it'll happen. And we know about that which you've laid before us to be able to call us into your place, the new heavens, the new earth. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in the life of every person here. Thank you for your hand of protection, which is over us, our families. Thank you for leading and guiding, teaching and training us every day, all the time throughout the day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being God, for being Lord, for being Father, for being boss. All the glory is yours. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that these elements are blessed. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay. We're going to play that communion song that we've become to like. And so just as they're passing out the elements, uh, you can enjoy that. And then with the people you're around, um, go ahead and do whatever. You know, if there's somebody who wants to pray this way or that way, that's fine. And like I said, I'll be here and be glad to, to be with anyone that doesn't have somebody to pray with. Thank you, sir. And you may take the elements and your own free will. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. You're doing a work of grace. We thank you for your love that is evident at this moment, moving amongst your people. We thank you, Father you honor you bring forth your fullness you bring forth your fullness to us and we thank you what you're accomplishing in that in Jesus name hallelujah 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 thank you father amen amen hallelujah we want to be, we purposely want to take times like this to uh, strengthen, encourage, and allow God to do what He would like to do within each and every person. Amen? Hallelujah. And I want to thank each and every one of you. You may be seated. Uh, I know many of you uh, know that I, I took a trip to Mexico, and it wasn't for vacation. Um, Although I had some enjoyable times there, don't get me wrong, and it was very wonderful, uh, very refreshing. Uh, but I had a, uh, a mission trip, and I believe God spoke to my heart to go during Thanksgiving week of this year and go to a place that I'm familiar with, um, Pastors Tanya and um, Adrian uh, from Compostela, uh, La Fuente Ministries of Tepic, and uh, many of their locations. They set up a schedule, basically, for me to go to many different venues. I ended up ministering uh, nine different places. Uh, had two uh, things that were uh, that came up that were not even expected, uh, where I was able to minister. I got to minister to pastors and bring encouragement and hope and life to them, of which that was not expected, but God knew. Things that popped up last second that um, they asked for my wisdom. What do you think? What do you think God might say? And so it was a, an amazing time. Uh, so if you would put up a f some of those pictures. And I've been given a few minutes to just share. Of course, there was great food. And I will always go back for the great food. But there was more than that. Uh, I got to go to people's homes and minister healing, uh, cancer patients and um, even though the, the place was beautiful with many flowers and plants, it was tropical, like jungle-like there. There's Topeak, the city of Topeak, about 500,000 people. Many need the Lord. Uh, I got to go to a wedding uh, of uh, Tanya's parents. And then this is uh, Compostela, La Fuente, uh, small churches. There are large churches like the one in Topeak, as you can see right there. And... 
um, I got to go to Casa Nana, which is an orphanage for kids, and got to minister there. Going to Bayabista, got to see a rainbow that wasn't, no clouds, no storm, no anything, and yet the rainbow was there. A small Bayabista family, been there for 11 years. The beach was glorious. Um, uh, I, I did enjoy it, but I love the people better. <laughs> and got to even eat supper, uh, lunch uh, on the beach. Um, but the people worship God just like you and I. And they love him desperately. And, and uh, got to go to two rehabilitation centers and minister the love of God. And out of that, um, you can see there on a, a street is a woman selling uh, roasted corn. And uh, they do celebrate Christmas. And, uh, uh, but they also celebrate many other things. And, and uh, as it goes over a few times with all the pictures, I was able to see uh, by the grace of God that there were uh, nine who made Jesus complete. He was completely their Lord. Because I came to them specifically and I said, is, does, do you have Jesus in your heart? Yes. Okay. Is he Lord? Well, Yeah. And it does, is he your boss, as Pastor uh, Dan says sometimes. And then to say, is he on the throne of your heart? And does he have complete control? And many would put their heads down and say no. And I was able to lead them in a simple prayer. I had one man that was so desperate because his um, wife, new wife, and they just barely had a baby. But she saw the need of going to America to have the baby. But then they couldn't come back into Mexico because of the paperwork issue. He was devastated. He takes medicines for pain and anxiety and or a panic and, and things like that. He was beside himself. And the Lord came in and did a marvelous work. And I began to share, found out he needed Jesus to be completely Lord of his life. And in that, I gave him what I call a father hug, a hug from the father. And he burst into tears and wailed and cried and then began to, um, out of that great love of God, things began to come out from him and be purged from him. And, and it, it just, there was such a move of God. Uh, many people um, experience God's intense love. Uh, many were filled with the Spirit. I, I ministered on, do you have the power in two different places? And uh, the same thing happened as what happened here. And God moved dramatically. Uh, and in those times, what was consistent, the younger people have never seen the power of God like this. And they did not know what to expect. The older people, they began to weep. And they said, we prayed for this for years and years. And now we're seeing it stirred up and activated. And uh, so I, I want to thank you for those of you who prayed, those who gave financially in other ways. I want to say thank you so very much. Because God was in the place. And he manifested in many different ways. And I knew I was supposed to go. And they said, please come back. <laughs> please come back. Uh, because there's more. <laughs> and, and, but even more than that, it was beginning to sense the heart of the people. And get involved with their daily life. And to uh, let them know that I, I am interested. I want to hear your story.
And, and uh, it, it, over and over again, it was, uh, we need this. We need this. But I want to do more than just, you know, touch them and then go. We need to be able to disciple them and get them going uh, in the ways of God. Not that they don't hear it and don't have it, but uh, whatever God has in us that we need to release into them that's from God. Amen? Amen. So I want to thank you so very much for the opportunity. <laughs> if you want to hear more, you, I'll, you just connect with me. I've got pictures and I have a little video of a, of, of a man who was very, 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 very touched uh, by the Lord and many others who were touched as well. It's just, I'm not a picture taker, so I don't take many. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, so appreciate it. Um, as for an offering this morning, okay, we're, we know that God has given so much already of himself. And then as a result, he wants us, okay, it's a nat- should be a natural thing uh, for us to uh, give back to him what he's given to us. Yes? I mean, even what he's done this morning. Even what he's done this morning in here, okay? Uh, We want to be able to give back. Uh, Deuteronomy 16, verse number 17, uh, shares something. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. One of the versions actually says, uh, giving in proportion to how, you know, where you're at, according to what God has done for you. And so, uh, what has God done for you? And think of all that he's done. And then give in proportion, okay, to what God has done for you. Amen? Hallelujah. So remember, as as we uh, give today, bring attention. Uh, I want you to have that attention. Looking back there in the back, you've got our envelopes for you to give that way, or you can do it online. You can also give text uh, and uh, we'll, we'll receive, okay, um, from you. And we will use that uh, to bless and glorify God, okay, through, through uh, Church of Tomorrow. I about said La Fuente. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then our announcements. Uh, this Wednesday, we continue the series on Life of the Spirit, uh, 6.45 for snacks and 7 o'clock. For the actual class, we encourage you to come. It has been a great blessing to see what God is showing us as we go through this uh, series. Then on the 23rd of December, everyone say 23rd of December. You thought I wasn't going to have you be a part of it, did you? <laughs> I did that down in Topeka as well in La Fuente. <laughs> and they like they were looking at me like, what? <laughs> but there will be a candlelight service on that Friday night of the 23rd. And we encourage you to come, bring family, bring friends. Uh, it's going to be a most wonderful, enjoyable time. And, of course, two days later on Sunday is Christmas, so we will have no service. And so I want to uh, remind us of those things. Let's stand this morning. Father, we want to thank you for what you have accomplished and done in us this morning And Father, we pray that uh, we will take this message, take these truths, and we begin to carry it. Hallelujah. We are image bearers. We are uh, bearers of your image, Father. We are carriers of your presence and of your word. And so we are going to go forth from this place today, and we will release 
your truths, your purpose, your love, your plan to those who are around us as you show us. And we thank you for the leading of your spirit, hallelujah, to do these things. And we praise you and thank you for the results in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, we are up here to pray with you. Okay, and so don't let this go by without that opportunity if you need that. So have a wonderful week, everybody, and we will see you here Wednesday.